All right, so we're here with Amanda DeWitt. Um, so you want to talk about equality. I'm Jenna Benson, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Liz Schmidt, and I use she, her pronouns. Our podcast is about LGBTQ plus equality, lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer, plus meaning other sexualities such as demisexual, asexual, etc. Uh, we're pretty much just going to be asking you some questions about uh, problems that the LGBTQ plus people face. If at any point during this interview a question makes you feel uncomfortable, let us know and we can skip the question. Well, let's begin. Oh, what is your sexuality? Can you explain what said sexuality really is? Yeah. Uh, so I identify as ace, and asexuality stands for um, people who don't feel sexual attraction to any one person in particular. Um, what are your pronouns, and can you explain how people should use said pronouns? Uh, I prefer she, they, um, because my gender is also... I'm not cisgendered, um, and so I answer to... I usually answer to any pronouns, but my preference are just she, they. Um, oh, are there any stereotypes around your sexuality that are untrue or that you don't like? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that um, people in the ACE community, uh, friends with that I'm, <coughs> people that I'm friends with, different community members I talk to, um, biggest thing is that people think because we don't feel sexual attraction towards anybody, that that means that we are just very juvenile in our understanding of sex and what happens during sex and it's a lot of oh it's so cute you're ace like you don't know about sex and that's just not true at all it has nothing to do with whether or not you choose to have sex it has everything to do with your uh who you're attracted to and that's the big thing that i wish people understood better uh do you like how the media portrays your sexuality um, honestly, the media tends to ignore that asexuality is a thing. Um, I think one of the best examples um, currently is Jughead Jones from Riverdale. In the comics that the show is based off of, he is canically um, asexual. And in the show, he very much is not asexual. And so it's just this idea that like it doesn't exist and because of the way it's portrayed, or rather not portrayed, it's really hard for people who are ace to even realize that that is a sexuality, that there's nothing wrong with you, that you're not broken, um, and to find other people in the community because you don't realize it's part of the community. And so just that erasure, that erasure is really hard to work with sometimes. Um, have you ever experienced homophobia? What happened? How did, you, how did that make you feel? Um, I personally don't really, um, I'm not very closed-lipped about it, but I don't not, I don't necessarily go around telling everybody, hey, by the way, did you know I'm ace? Um, I do, <laughs> I will tell students sometimes, like, you know, you know, definitely know somebody, part of the queer community, and they're like, what? I'm like, I know for sure. <laughs> and so that always just kind of brings up questions. Um, I do wear an ace pride ring. But most people don't know what the, what it is or what it symbolizes, and so I personally don't. Um, again, it's just like hearing it is kind of more what happens. You see that people are like, "Oh, it's you don't feel attraction," or they leak to the conclusion that you don't have sex and those kinds of things. They're kind of more on that side of very passive, very like things that most people don't think of about homophobia. But directly, I don't usually see that. Um, have you ever seen somebody else experience homophobia? What happened? Did you step in or just watch? How did it make you feel? 
Yeah, so being a teacher, uh, I'm around a lot of individuals and teaching middle school, a lot of children are figuring out who they are, like their identities, their sexual identities, their gender identities, those kinds of things. Um, one of the things that I have experienced through another student is there was a student who was here in sixth grade, transitioned over the summer and came back and was openly transgender. And they decided to go out for a sport and the sport was, um, it's a, it's a boys sport. And the coach tried to tell them that even though they are a boy, that they had to change in the girls locker room. And that was really hard for me. It was, I was very fired up. I'm like, did you tell some, like, did you tell somebody who's not me? If it's just me, like, can, do I have your permission to tell somebody who can do something about it? Um, can uh like what can i do to help make sure that you get what you need and so that was for me like one of the most obvious directly targeted the other piece that i see a lot is rather here but so gay if a boy says like oh you're beautiful or you're pretty or you sit too close to another boy or you like another boy's outfit those kinds of things um or using gay to mean stupid. Man, you just did that, that's so gay. And I don't think people even, it's so common to hear anymore. I don't know that people stop and realize like, that is a type of homophobia because you're equating something bad with being gay. And that's probably what I hear. I hear that a lot. I hear it pretty much every day um, as far as homophobia here in my life goes. Yeah, my dad does that. He made my mom, like, uh, a really cute, like, Reese's tree for Valentine's Day. He looked at me. He was like, this is so gay. It's so gay. I'm like, so you're telling me that you made something for your heterosexual relationship, and you're calling it gay. Okay. And then he also was like, um, we were fighting about the F-slur, right? And he thought he had the best point to make. He looks at me, and he goes, you know what they call a bundle of sticks? F-slur. I was like, oh, yeah? Yeah, I know you didn't just say that to me right there. And that's not what you meant. <laughs> that's not what you meant. And that doesn't mean that here. It's yeah. secondhand embarrassment right there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, do you believe it's okay to blame your religion for being homophobic? Um, I, for that question, I think... What my brain goes to is it's, I don't necessarily know it's because of the religion, more about like the upbringing around the religion. You have, if your parents are raising you in a certain religion, they hold, you would assume that they hold those same religious beliefs. And so who in the, in, I, I will use a church as an example. So who in the church is telling you that, hom that homosexuality is bad? Who is telling you that it's in the Bible? Who is telling you that it is uh, a sin? Those kinds of things. I think a lot of people use their religious beliefs to justify having those feelings. Even if you're like, can you show me where it actually says this? Because I'm pretty sure Jesus said you should love everybody. Pretty sure Jesus did love everybody. His best friend was not a person anybody else thought he should hang out with. And so... I think a lot of things get tangled up. I know that that intersection between being a religious person and being a member of the community causes a lot of harm because of the way different churches handle it. 
um, and the way they talk about it and the way they encourage their congregations to talk about it. So I think it's a lot. <laughs> and I think it gets very messy when you start looking into it. Especially, like, if, you, if you're thinking it, I mean, obviously that's not okay. But if you're saying that it goes against your religion, but then you're going and you're hating on somebody else because of it, that's also going against your religion. And not everyone follows the religion that you follow, so put, you're pushing your religion on someone else by saying, it's against my religion, so you can't do it. Yes, I believe that as well, because even within, so if we talk about, like, Christianity, there's, like, I, the last time I looked at a statistic, it was 27,000 different types of Christianity. And so even if you're like, but as a Christian, okay. But also not all people who are Christians think that way. Mm-hmm. So can you just, can you explain what you're actually thinking about right now a little bit better? And I think that's the piece that kind of is missing. We don't take the time to actually stop and examine what am I saying? What do I mean? Uh, and why do I feel the need to go around spouting this out to everybody? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of touching on like the that's gay stuff here at school. Uh, what are some examples of homophobia that you've seen here at school? Um, didn't you already ask me that? Um, you said, have you ever experienced homophobia? Oh, okay. Uh, so at school, I did. I know I talked about it, but just the that's so gay and having that kind of be a thing. Or I have a student who is very comfortably straight, and he does not have a problem telling people, like you are beautiful or have you seen this particular soccer player he's gorgeous and that and then the the the, um reaction of his classmates like oh man that's so gay that you would say that like are are you sure he's not a beautiful person because i'm pretty sure that's a beautiful person right there and so that's probably like the most obvious um i've seen different slurs written around the building um I have had students who identify as part of the LGBT plus community tell me that when people find out, you know, certain things happen to them, um, even within like family situations and trying to help them figure out how to navigate that. Um, So usually the very outwardly stuff is like, that's so gay, the slurs being written um, and the things that are directed towards a single person are usually a lot quieter. And unfortunately that means that either, you know, we as teachers are trying to like figure out when and where and all that kind of stuff but it relies so heavily on the student who is experiencing uh, that homophobia to be able to speak out about it and i don't know that that's always easy period and then also i don't know that's always welcomed so i think that makes it very hard here at school yeah and um what was i going to say uh you don't have to be attracted to someone to admit that they are you know, attractive or whatever. So it's like, you know how people were like saying that's gay for a guy saying that this guy was pretty or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't have to be attracted to someone to admit their beauty and, you know, I mean, that's not how it works. As an ace person, I definitely find people beautiful. <laughs> just mean, that does, just to, like, that is probably the most obvious thing t- to me being ace is saying like, just because I think a person is beautiful does not mean I want to have sex with them. And I think I, that is, like, as far as, like, learning about sexualities, that is definitely something I wish people understood. Like, mm-hmm. who you think is beautiful and who you are sexually attracted to and would want to have sex with. And even within that category of the actual people, 
that fit into that category that I would actually want to have sex. Like, it just is so narrowing and funneling. That's one thing I wish we talked about when we talk about education, especially sex education, particularly sex education for LGBT members. Um, I talked about this in another interview as well, but it's they teach heterosexual safe sex, but they don't teach LGBTQ plus safe sex, Mm -hmm. which can lead to the spread of many sexual transmitted diseases. And just because it's like it's not heterosexual it's not the norm mm-hmm. it still needs to be talked about and, I oh, go ahead um it's what was I gonna say I forgot sorry no I completely agree with you and that's something that <laughs> I hear about what you guys learned about for sex ed and I think about like my own <laughs> sex education and it mine was not great and so hearing that it's gotten better, I'm like, yay. And then you're like, okay, so when do you talk about, like, how to have safe sex where it's not focused on contraception? And I think that's the big thing is, like, people think sex ed is for the purpose of not having babies when you don't want to instead of, no, sex education should be about how do you have sexual relationships with people and keep everybody safe from STDs, from other injuries that can happen, um, all those other kinds of things. I think we get so focused on, please don't be having babies before you're ready. We forget about everything else. And um, that is definitely something that I advocate for a lot. A lot is LGBT plus sex ed needs to happen as well. And LGBT being gay is not bad. So how could talking about sex in a protective way be bad and I think that's just one of those things we can't get over we're like oh my gosh but you're talking about sex well you're talking about sex if you're talking about a male and a female having sex as well but 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 no no buts you're still talking about sex it's just sex you Mm -hmm. gotta move on and a lot of people think like oh well they're forcing their their sexual identities onto my child no they're not (laughs) Uh, your child is I, your child, are you forcing being straight on your child? Because that's exactly what they're doing, talking about it with heterosexual. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same thing if they were to talk about LGBTQ+. It's giving your child the choice so they don't feel so isolated. Yeah, LGBTQ+, people want, like, representation mm-hmm. in, like, TV shows and whatever. And people are like, oh, you're forcing your, forcing your religion, or not your religion, your sexuality on me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but we've, people have grown up seeing straight couples all the time. Mm-hmm. Is that not forcing your sexuality on me? On me too? One of the best quotes I ever saw, I don't know who it was, and it might have just been like a random person on Facebook, but it was somebody who's like, who was talking exactly about that, about gay characters and shows, and the person happened to be gay, and they sat there and they said, watching all these shows with heterosexual couples, and it didn't turn me straight. And so, like, just kind of when you flip that script, the absurdity of what people are saying kind of shows out, and people are like, but, but, but it's different. It's really not. <laughs> you, you have your own sexuality and you... Hello. Oh, Hi. my, no one in here for LDA? Mm-mm. Okay, sorry. Um, oh, you are your sexuality, how you choose to express that sexuality, what you choose to pursue in your sexual relationships. That's all very personal and watching a show is not going to do anything other than, oh, those people exist. 
Yeah. Okay, so what are some things that are normalized in schools that you believe are transphobic or homophobic? Um, there are some things, like, there are sports that literally only girls are allowed to go f- out for. And if we were to have somebody who is transgender, people get kind of uppity about it. And it's, for, for Iowa, it's volleyball. Literally, boys are legally not allowed to play volleyball. And so when you have people who are trans, male to female, sometimes people try to be like, but, and no, no. And so even that idea of like, why can't boys play volleyball? Girls can go out and play other sports. And, or we have an equivalent, and there just isn't an equivalent for volleyball. Um, so that's one of the things that I that comes out very blatantly. Um, I think how we <laughs> how we label things even is like, oh, this is for boys, this is for girls, and we never stop to think about anybody who does not fit into that very strict binary, even if you are trans and fit into that binary, um, in some way, like we just don't stop and even the way we greet people sometimes we don't think about it. So I think there's a lot of little subtle ways that we just don't include uh, trans individuals, ways we don't include um, other members of the LGBT plus community or different genders or things like that. It's all, I think it's all very subtle. I don't know that it's anything blatant, just very subtle. Um, Along with like the subtle normalizing and stuff like that, something I realized myself doing and I'm trying to not do it as much, but like I see somebody and if they look like a a female, then I automatically use like she, her pronouns, Mm -hmm. or I see somebody looks like a dude, I'll use he, him pronouns. And then I'm like, wait, think about it and then ask what their pronouns are and something like as simple as playing among us I realized a lot of people would use he him pronouns for everyone mm-hmm. which not only do I think it's a bit misogynistic like oh girls can't be playing video games but it's also just like assuming people's pronouns and I realized I was doing it too and so then I started using like the they them pronouns to address people and then whenever I wanted to be petty somebody would be like yeah he vented I would be like I'm a girl Um, No, I think, too, even the stories we read or the stories we choose to present to students either get the very clunky she, he, instead of saying they, or when it's, I'm not even going to lie, some of the things that are presented for teacher eyes are like, he does this. When he does this, you should react this way. When he does it, and it's very much like, boys misbehave, girls are awesome. And so even like that little subtleness right there or every other paragraph, it goes he and then she and then he and then she. There's things like that all the time. And I think we don't, unless you can train yourself to pick up on it and, or you're somebody in the community that naturally you tend to become more aware because you're a member of the community, that it just kind of is not on anybody's radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you believe schools can do to help further education on transgender youth? Um... The biggest thing is when we talk about health, we need to talk about health for everyone. We know that LGBT uh, plus teenagers are at a higher risk for unwanted pregnancy. They are at a higher risk for um, mental health disorders. They are at higher risk for suicide. They are at higher risk for contracting STDs. They are at higher risk of being um, homeless. There are so many things, and they all kind of boil down to different aspects of one's health. And so if health was more comprehensive to include LGBT plus issues, 
that right there, that education, that normalization, that yes, we are going to talk about this. We are going to talk about safe sex between a man and a woman, between two men, between two women, between two non-cisgendered people. Um, we're going to cover it all. You are all important. You all matter. I think the other biggest thing and something that I've kind of taken on myself is having members of the school identify being a safe person and what specifically do they mean. Um, so in my classroom, I have, it's a whole, takes up a whole window pane about how this is a safe space, the different types of identities. Uh, it even says, or anywhere in between is the final sentence um, for who can come in. And I've had students who are not my actual grade level students, but they see that and they come in and they're like, you for real? I'm for real. They leave and they come back a couple of days later. I'm like, so can I talk to you about this issue that I'm having? You sure can. Who are you by the way? <laughs> um, but just having that on my door, letting people know like, I will apply the Vegas rule. Whatever is said in here stays in here as long as nobody's getting hurt. Um, mandatory reporter. <laughs> um, you can come in here and just chill and you don't have to worry about hiding that you are gay, that you are trans, that you are whatever. You just get to sit and be a human being. Even if it's just you want to sit and be a human being all by yourself, quiet, eating lunch. I don't care. Um, so having those, having individuals on staff be willing to have those conversations, being willing to say, I will be that person for you. Because sometimes, honestly, kids don't have that. They don't know. They don't know what teacher they can go talk to. They don't have an adult at home. Or they know that if someone at home were to find out, they would no longer have a home. And so those two things, like comprehensive health, including all those things. Or if you are transgender, here are some health, health things that would specifically apply to you. Um, and just being very, very obvious about who could help, who wants to help, who can just support you so that you don't feel alone forever. Mm -hmm. um, how do you feel about the full inclusion of any trans students in sports and the full trans inclusion in Olympics? Um, <laughs> that's really funny. I actually just read an article about this. And the level of hormones in male to female athletes, because that's usually what we're concerned about. We're concerned about male to female transgender people having male levels of hormones and competing against females. But this, this study that I was reading was talking about exactly that, and the study showed that because um, people who are transitioning male to female have hormone blockers, take extra hormones, and have other medications to help them clear their hormones out of the system, the amount of testosterone and other androgens that they have is less than biological female participants in the study. And so at this point, my question is, why is this even an issue? If we have the science to back it up, saying their hormones, which are mostly what we're concerned about, don't even compare anymore. They are lower anyway. Um, and if it's about gender, well, gender is about expression, not about what's in your pants. And I think some people just kind of need to get over it, unfortunately. And also until, what's really sucks is until people get to a point where they can say, I am gay in high profile um, jobs, 
in high profile careers, uh, uh, sport careers, things like that, it's not going to get normalized. Um, and I think we have a lot of athletes who, after the fact, come out or transition. And while it makes me very happy they do that, it also makes me sad that they didn't feel like they could do that earlier because they needed to keep their career. So I think we need to let science speak for itself, which I know right now is not easy. <laughs> but let science speak for itself. Your gender is not what's in your pants. Move on. That's what I tell everyone. I'm like, uh, people in my class, well, aren't there only two genders? I'm like, stop. Gender is a social construct. Don't even try. Yeah. And I actually got in a fight with my dad about this, and I sent him. I'll pull it up, too, because I'm proud of myself for it. <laughs> um, I said, it was on Fox News, and I asked him to turn it off, and then he was like, I want to hear about this, and he was like, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about the male dominance? And I, was, I sat there, and I was like, oh, my God. But I was like, I don't have any statistics right now. So I went upstairs in my room, and I did a bit of research, and I said I did more research on the thing we were talking about yesterday about Biden having full inclusion of trans students in sports. Just thought I could tell you some statistics I found. 16 states already had full inclusion of transgender individuals in their high school athletic programs. So this automatically proves your argument to be incorrect because from my research, I have been unable to highlight any substantial issues from full inclusion. And if you want to talk about individuals who fake their gender identity to have athletic dominance, I honestly don't find it to be a threat because of the high homeless rates and suicide rates of transgender teens. In my opinion, I think mental health struggles that they face far outweighs it. He didn't reply. <laughs> That's how you know it's a good argument. <laughs> You're like, even, yeah, no, I just, that, I think that's how you know it's a good argument. <laughs> he always tries to bring stuff up and then I text him, he's like, open. Yep. Yeah, because then you always send him stuff and he's like, well, 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 and then it doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. He says, you sheep, and then he stops replying. <laughs> All right. Um, in 2016, the U.S. Department of Justice and U.S. Department of Education under President Barack Obama issued guidance to state and private educational institutions stating that these institutions had to allow transgender students to use toilets according to their gender identity. This quote is from wikipedia.org that is backed up by plenty of other sources. How do you feel about this bathroom law? Um, I know that in restrooms for people with penises... Like, there's urinals, and they're just kind of out there. So I understand from that perspective how some people might be like, oh, no, my penis is on display. I don't want to go into the bathroom. But they also have stalls. And so if I think about bathrooms for people without penises, it's all stalls. So quite honestly, one, why are you looking at anybody's junk when they're going to the bathroom? And two, if you are worried about it, choose not to go to the bathroom or choose to use a stall. Um, like that is a basic function of life. It's actually part of the definition is that you can eliminate waste and like saying you can't use this bathroom because is ridiculous in my opinion. There is absolutely no reason why I should not be allowed to use whichever restroom is my gender identity. Um, I mentioned earlier that I, uh, I don't identify as being cisgendered. Um, I identify. I identify as being non-binary, uh, more on the side of being demi uh, girl. But my gender expression and the feeling that I have inside is not always female. Why does that mean I have to always use a bathroom for the females? I don't know. I don't know why that has to be a thing. Uh, literally, if bathrooms were 
stalls, urinals, pick what you need, I would be much happier with the way things are. I don't care who's in my bathroom. Go to the bathroom, take care of business, get out. And honestly, women get attacked in the bathroom by cisgendered men, even though they're not in there to go to the bathroom. I'm really not worried about the other woman who happens to have a penis peeing in the stall next to me. She's not the one bothering me. That's, that's what I say. I'm like, if somebody was sick enough to sexually assault you while you are using the bathroom, a sign on the bathroom with a specific gender is not going to stop them. They're either going to do it there or find somewhere else to do it. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to fake their gender identity just so that they can have a moment, you know? Yeah. And the people, don't blame the, the people that are doing things like that. Don't blame it on the community. Blame it on the sick people that are obviously sick enough to do something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that, especially since we've talked about, like, sex education and health uh, for LGBT plus individuals, one of the things that kind of sticks to me is that they're like, but homosexuals are all this. Okay. No, they're not. And also, <laughs> there happen to be a lot more straight people statistically speaking no matter what there will always be more straight people who do that than gay people who do so yes um in a 2019 overview by glad.org states for the first time in this report's history there were an equal number of films which included gay and lesbian characters gay men appeared in 55 percent 11 of inclusive films a drop from last year's 64 percent lesbian representation has has increased significantly up to 55 percent 11 of inclusive films featuring lesbians from 36 in 2017. Bisexual representation has remained steady at a low 15%. Three films. There were zero transgender inclusive films from the major studios in 2018, a finding constant with the previous year. Um, here are some graphs from the same 2019 overview article by glad.org. Um, and to the podcast listeners, it's up on our Instagram, if so you want to talk about equality. <laughs> Well, I guess, you know, up from 5.4%, that's pretty significant. It's, you know, almost three times as much. So, uh, I honestly would say that doesn't surprise me. Um, what I don't like is how there was, I think, was a 45% difference from gay and lesbian representation to bisexual representation. Because yeah. I feel like that is also kind of pushing the stereotype that bisexuals are either... Um, secretly gay or secretly straight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some friends who are bisexual, and they happen to be married to each other, and they are a male and a female. And just because they happen to be married to each other does not mean they are no longer bisexual. And so mm-hmm. that representation, even the assumption that somebody who is presenting in a male-male relationship or somebody who's presenting in a female-female relationship that the members in that relationship are not gay or lesbian, I think. We just don't talk about it. It's easy to pretend. Like, oh my gosh, I have to learn another sexuality? Are you kidding me? But if I can pretend you're a lesbian because you're dating a woman, we're good. Yeah, and that's like... So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me because I think that bisexuals in same... same, um, gender relationships get lumped into either being gay or lesbian and vice versa unless someone explicitly says like oh i'm bi it doesn't usually get counted yeah or Um, like oh or like the um 
or if you have like a preference for mm-hmm. whatever you are any less bisexual yes is like oh this girl she has a preference for men so she's obviously just straight looking for attention yes that no 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 just no and even if you're like hmm i'm going to have this one relationship with this woman because i'm attracted to her and then you never have another relationship with women so what that doesn't make that that relationship any less meaningful than any other relationship mm-hmm. you have so i think it's so nuanced and people don't want to work in nuances they want black white fill in the box this is your label just do it mm-hmm. and it's um me i'm bisexual with the preference of men uh i've got told so many times oh you're doing it for attention like no <laughs> Um, yeah. But something that I don't like about this is how main movies with um, LGBTQ plus representation are comedy and drama. Yes. And there's zero inclusivity in, in any family or any documentary, which I think those should be the two most important ones. Yeah. No, definitely. If we want our kids to grow up in an environment where it is just people just exist and they happen to be gay or they happen to be straight or they happen to be in a male-male relationship but the male is one of them is a transgender person like if we want it to be normal then you have to treat it like it's normal and there's nothing bad about it or i the, one of the best examples first disney disney's first gay character which one because you've told me like 10 times now that you're including a gay character in one of your films who is it by the way <laughs> how do we how are we supposed to know that they are gay and so even things like that, like people trying to say, oh, yeah, no, we're totally inclusive. No, you're not. And just because you have some side couple in the story who's there for two minutes does not mean you're being very inclusive. Just like if you have your token, like, Asian person or token black person, like, you're not being diverse. Yeah, you're just like, um, they just want to have, like, the power. Yeah, like they're that. like, oh, yep, we are, you're diverse, and they never show them again. Or just have them super stereotyped. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, you're not you're not being an ally or whatever you want to say. You're not helping the community at all. Yeah. They come out afterwards and they're like, oh yeah, this character was bisexual. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where? Yeah. You when? can't, you shouldn't have to tell me. I should be able to know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like they say, Elsa is apparently a lesbian, but she's never going to have a relationship ever. With, and it's just like... I just it makes me so mad and also this is just kind of an example but um like Sia's movie new movie yes uh hate it um them stereotyping Maddie Ziegler doing all these things to be like oh yeah that's autism like no it's not no can you how about you talk to somebody who has autism like they are real people they actually exist they have thoughts and feelings and you can talk to them if they feel like it, <laughs> like and, just like anybody else, and Sia wants to have like this, like oh yeah, no, I'm a hundred percent like ally for the uh, autistic community. But you know what? Let's have this girl who is a completely able girl, you know, play the role and do all these stereotype things, just like a white person making a film with like black people, but like having yeah. like 
black mixed and then they're or like two mixed people and then like what you said oh yeah earlier, earlier. like when they cast like a family mm-hmm. it's like they have two mixed parents and then they have a completely black kid like that's not how it works yeah they ha- need to do a better job at casting because mm-hmm. it's like you just you're just like oh this is a famous actor this is a famous actor this is a famous actor put them all together boom family yeah you just want to have white power privilege yeah mm-hmm. Um, in a 2011 survey by youth.gov found that out of 8,589 LGBTQ plus students ages 13 to 20 from 3,224 schools, 85% frequently heard gay being used in a negative way, 57% heard homophobic remarks from students, teachers, and other staff members, 82% of students have been verbally harassed because of their sexuality, 64% reported feeling unsafe because of this, their sexuality, were physically harassed because of their sexuality, and 18% were physically assaulted because of their sexuality. As a staff member, how does this information make you feel? Uh, I'm not going to lie. As soon as you said the part where they've heard staff members using homophobic language and slurs, I, like, my jaw unconsciously clenched, and, like, the rage inside just, like, flared. Like, how dare you be in a position of power where you're supposed to help kids feel safe, do something that per like it you there's no purpose to it other than making people not feel safe and so unfortunately i'm not surprised by those statistics because i said earlier that i hear people using gay derogatorily every day every single day in almost every class i'm in i hear that happen and uh there are times when you just become deaf to it you can't even hear it anymore And so I think about that happening and why I personally stand up for it. And if you are not a member of the community or you don't know someone who is a member of the community, it's easier to just ignore it. Who wants to get caught up in drama? Who wants to have to talk to kids about these hard subjects? If the kid is being particularly troublesome, who wants to do the paperwork? Um, That is frequently a threat in my classroom. Do not make me do the paperwork. Um, which is a joke. <laughs> like, don't make me write it up. <laughs> um, and so, like, the rage that, one, staff members are not doing everything they can, but two, they're not always put in a position where they can. They're not maybe in an environment that's very supportive. They don't have other staff members who would be willing to support them or even administrators who would be willing to support them. But definitely having having one person we know the statistics on kids who are in trauma um and the statistics like if they have just one person who can be a safe person so if those same statistics were applied to people of the lgbt plus community who are having problems or just need someone to support them giving them that one person and if that student thought you were their person and you heard that from them you just you like what did you just do? And you don't even know it. And so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that those are the statistics. I wish they were different. There are definitely things we could do better at, but I think it's going to have to be a system change for a lot of it, unfortunately. Um, have you ever seen any of these happen to a student? What do you do to help the student? Say that again. Have you ever seen any of these happen to a student? What did you do to help the student? Um... Mostly, um, I mentioned the student who was going to be forced by their coach to change in the girls' locker room, even though they are a boy. Um, For that, um, 
the coach is who tried to talk to me and I'm like it's literally against the law in Iowa for you to do that you can't do that and so they they went to the principal and was like I'm not going to and thankfully I have a principal who's like this this shouldn't be a problem and also you can't do it so get over it um so I feel very lucky that's part of the reason why I like working where I work um other cases where um where it just hurts and students come up to me and they're like Miss DeWitt when this is happening in class it really is bothering me would you mind talking to the class and like being able to keep it confidential and I just always put it back on me this happened yesterday and I'm uncomfortable that way the student no one knows no one has any clue that anybody came to me the fact that I'm willing to put it on myself and say that I'm uncomfortable that's why you need to stop here you don't agree with me here's why it doesn't matter if you agree with me or not you don't get to harm people at school um and so yeah they're on it really is unfortunate people come to me um but I think also they come to me because they know I've made it very very clear like I don't tolerate these things uh I try as much as I can when I hear things happening to stand up for people even if it's just people saying oh that's so gay and I don't even know who it is like I heard that you are being harmful knock it off it's usually my very canned expression um or even just students who just come on in can I have lunch in here today yep go ahead I don't have a clue who you are sit down (laughs) (laughs) um uh kind of like touching on like you letting students come in here what else do you think schools can do to help and how can teachers tie lgbtq plus problems into their lessons i have been a teacher uh and other and in other types of education settings for 15 years and in 15 years i have had one 45 minute professional development on how to help support students and youth in lgbt plus communities of all the professional developments uh, that's the one that I think we are definitely lacking and the one that you know kids in elementary school can start learning about their own identities and identifying um, their sexualities and their genders and definitely in middle school like that is prime time trying to figure out who I am as a person and those are all part of personhood And so having some professional development, talking about this is how you can be more inclusive. This is how you use inclusive language. Having directives like when you greet students on the first day, you should make it a normalization that you ask everybody their pronouns, not just people you think obviously you don't know their pronoun. Um, Having designated people as that safe place, like who is willing to put up the triangle on the door, the equality symbol on the door. You can be non-judgmental. Do you need to go to professional development so that we have one for each grade? Um, But that huge piece, that education piece that usually you only get if you're a member of the community or you know somebody part of the community, it needs to be normal that everybody gets that kind of training, that everybody knows how to talk to somebody. Um, I have teachers who don't realize that you should not call home if somebody discloses their um, sexuality to them. It is not your job to out them to their parents. In fact, if they are not already outed to their parents, there is a reason why they came to you and not them. And so talking about that, identifying like, here is how you can help be supportive. And no, you don't go out to kids and be like, hey, yeah, so I notice. So does that mean you're gay? No. 
Uh, the only time that I've ever been close to that is a student disclosed to me that they had been disclosed to. And I'm like, oh, okay. Don't tell anybody else. That's not your job. So I had to go to the student and be like, hey, by the way, <laughs> somebody disclosed this to me. said, I have no idea if it's true or not because you didn't tell me, but you deserve to know that I was told. You didn't know already, Mr. Witt. Well, you didn't tell me. <laughs> so I'm not going to assume. Um, and so just things like that. Like, how do you handle that? So. Do you think there is any, there, do you think you could have been better tra trained better on how to handle these types of situations? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, <laughs> when I, like they said, I've only had that one 45 minute training in 15 years uh, of working with kids. And <laughs> uh, what I have learned has been all on my own. And so that doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean I have it all right. And who knows? I try to pick good sources, but maybe I missed it and I got a bad source. Like having professionals come in and be like, this is how we recommend you handle this. Having mental health professionals come in saying, this is how you should handle this. Um, no, if they say they are a boy, they have the right to be identifying as a boy and you should call them by their chosen pronouns, by their chosen first name. Do not dead name a student in front of the whole class, please. Um, why is that important? Yes, it's the law. Like even, even that basics of it is the law, knock it off. Um, we definitely, as teachers, need that kind of education. I think students need it too. Because <laughs> yes. talking about, like, let's say you have homophobic parents at home, but then you can come to school and you have this safe, welcoming environment and you can see people being accepted being taught and educated about it then you kind of have two choices do you want to live like this inside your house and follow your parents beliefs or do you want to live like this which everybody else and like what before coronavirus like 25 kids in a class <laughs> yeah them like which one do you want you're exposed to both instead of at home homophobic parents at school nobody even talks about it yeah like and I think definitions of words needs to be treated or taught better, just like a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think training on, when you have that student who is convinced their homophobia is the right way and everybody else is wrong. <laughs> I have been in that situation. I don't know what to do. I went to other teachers because I went, I don't know what to do. And they all went, me either. <laughs> so what do you do? I don't know. I just kept shushing him. <laughs> like, shush. You're not being nice, shush. But it's what I believe because of this reason and that reason. You're being unkind. Shush. That's all I care about. Shush. <laughs> In our class, we would do quiet coyote. Oh, yeah. Um, but on the topic of, because you, you were mentioning dead names, but there was somebody that, I think it was the same person you were talking about, but they came out and I didn't know them before they transitioned, so it wasn't hard for me to, you know, use the right pronouns, mm -hmm. and use the correct name, but there are still people like now that continue to dead name him. And it's really unfair because they've been out for so long. And it's not even, like, I know, like, even if you don't pass well, you're mm -hmm. still who you are. But mm -hmm. they pass really well. It's like, how can you continue to do this mm -hmm. when you, everyone knows? Yeah. And it's like. Our system is not set up to use students' chosen names. It's cho that, so there is a student, there are a couple of students that I know have transitioned because the school let us know, like, heads up, it's not written in their file, but this is their name, 
these are their pronouns, this is their gender, just so you know. And so there's even that training of when I read a name and it's their dead name to say their actual name instead of it. And so even like those little pieces there, like why can't we change it? It's not that hard because it messes with records. Well, that can probably be fixed too. I, of course, don't know the specifics or have the power to do that, but it's just like that student has to see their dead name every time they turn in an assignment. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about LGBT youth and suicide rates and mental health issues, God, that plays into it so much. Mm -hmm. plays into it so much. They're just thinking, like, seeing your dead name or being misgendered mm -hmm. leads to so much, like, gender dysphoria. Mm -hmm. And it's also, like... It's just like, is this who people think I am? Yeah. And it's, and I just, when, um, I, same person I think we're all talking about, when people would address him, they would be like, they would use the correct pronoun first, he, and they'd be like, you know what, screw it, she. And just yeah. like, what? Like, you used the correct pronouns, good person, and then you just went to like some terrible person. Yeah. Yeah. It's not your choice. It's no one's choice. It just is, and get over it. And that's what I wish people, I think people try to take their, their liberties too literal. No, you do not have the freedom. You can say whatever you want and you can be a butthead since we're being recorded. <laughs> you can be a butthead, you can be a jerk, but you're not free of the consequences. And so like, that's the big piece. If you're going to be a jerk, that doesn't mean anybody's going to respect you more. Mm -hmm. Like that's... Mm. I could have a whole podcast on just that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's, it's so sad. I've lost so many friends because of it. But again, it's like, I'm not going to keep our friendship if you're not going to respect somebody else mm -hmm. and who they are. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing... You know what? Don't support it. But at least just go along with it. Like, it, if you think it's a phase, well, go along with it still. It's not a phase, but... What's the harm? What exactly. is the harm in being it's kind? It's not affecting you. There yeah. is no harm in being kind. So that's my lesson for students is whatever you do in life, go through your life with kindness. So that's all I have. Do you have any other questions? <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. You're um, welcome. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it.